Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of community and discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined, as always, by the resolute Betsy Desch. Bets, how are you doing today? Great. Good, good. Well, happy 2019. Happy New Year. Yep. We've got a good one for you. Turning resolutions into results. All right. Hey, the new year is all about making resolutions, right? That's right. We're going to start strong. We're going to start strong. Hey, Bets, tell our audience some of the most common New Year New Year's resolutions. Okay. When we started thinking about this topic, I, I Googled most common New Year's resolutions, and I figured exercise and diet would be of course, the first yep. two, and mm-hmm. sure enough, they were. So there was a YouGov survey that was um, conducted last December, well, last December of 2017, referring to 2018. It said, which of the following are you planning on including among your New Year's resolutions? So sure enough, the first two, eat healthier, get more exercise. Those were the first two. Then um, next was save more money. Okay, so that's a good one. All right. mm-hmm. uh, focus on self-care. I think that in, included things like getting more sleep, that kind of thing. Um, and then maybe there were some people who said, read more, make more friends, learn a new skill, get a new job. And then 32% of very realistic people said, I don't plan on making New Year's resolutions. Okay, hey, <laughs> those are the realists among us. How yeah. about watching more TV? Was that one of them? That one was not binging more shows on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, that may happen, but I don't think anyone's planning on no it. No one's planning on it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Bets, do you know that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February? I, I see it. As I've said before on the show, I am a fitness instructor. Come January... Man, the gym's really crowded. Sure. And then as um, it's a good industry to be in. Yeah. In January. And then as the months go by, it kind of thins out to the people who were there last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we were thinking about why do many New Year's resolutions, most New Year's resolutions, fail? Okay. Here is some major reasons. First, we don't have a strategy to accomplish the resolution. Right. It's a it's a grand idea, but how are we actually going to do it? Right. We lack the motivation and the desire to do it. So Yeah, and if you think about it, those are actually two different things mm-hmm. because maybe motivation, you're in your bed and you're like, I should get up to go to the gym, but I don't really want to do it. And maybe desire is I should eat healthier, but I don't really want to do it. I don't desire to eat the healthier foods. Yeah. I it's mean, kind of two different things if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, if, if you don't have the desire, then you're kind of telling yourself, it's. Uh, I, you're almost saying, I wish I had the desire. Right. When you make the resolution. Right. And then, and finally, and, and maybe in many ways, this is the most relevant one of all, it's just too hard to change. It really is, because you know, you're fighting things about the way that you are. Here's an example of this principle that it's hard to change. Bess, do you remember the show, The Biggest Loser? Sure. So this is a show, in case you're not familiar, where the contestants on the show are trying to lose as much weight as they possibly can. And many of the contestants on the show are very, very overweight. It's not really a healthy idea anyway, because you're trying to do it so quickly. But Yeah, and of course, on. that's TV, right? You got to right. have quick results. The, the show wouldn't get the ratings. Yeah, if they, they said, can't show yeah. the same people for three years. Yeah, we're, or 10 years. <laughs> or we're going to help you lose a lot of weight over 10 years. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> ratings would sink over yeah, time. Yeah, that's not going to work. Well, listen, researchers have actually followed up with contestants on The Biggest Loser to see how they do after they get off the show. And it's it's really too bad. I mean, there are certainly a lot of cases where people keep the weight off, but there's also a lot of examples where people put the weight back on. And what the researchers have found is that 
uh, when when they look at the the human body, they're actually fighting your own biology because your body sort of sets this equilibrium of your weight. Mm -hmm. And if you become really overweight, that becomes your equilibrium. So right. if you lose that very quickly, your body's actually fighting to get mm -hmm. back to that weight. Yes. It's all about the metabolism. It's all it about the metabolism and, yeah. and all this stuff. You can you can read about all this stuff online. So it's really unfortunate that if somebody loses a ton of weight very quickly, they can put it right back on. Mm -hmm. So it is. that's just a, a biological example of how um, changing is hard. Exactly. Even f the physical change is hard. That's right. So that's how are we going to develop new disciplines? How do we turn resolutions into results? There's a lot of helpful articles out there. Um, in our show notes, we're going to link to one from U.S. News and World Report. Um, it is called Why 80% of New Year's Resolutions Fail. So that that article gives some real pragmatic help in setting and meeting goals. You know, there are very practical things like start measurable, start small, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. But where we wanted to go today is um, why do New Year's resolutions usually ultimately fail? It's usually, this is my thesis, because we need change on the heart level that determines behavior. Um, behavior changes don't usually last when the heart desires that drive them remain the same. Yep. And when you brought that point up with me, it reminded me of a book that I've read, which I recommend to our audience called You Are What You Love, The Spiritual Power of Habit by Jamie Smith. And in this book, the author makes a very helpful connection for us. Uh, Jamie Smith says that our desires are manifested in our daily life, and in particular, they are manifested in our habits. Mm. So this may seem obvious, but it's very easy for us to deny this. Mm. It's very easy for us to have a habit, but tell ourselves that we have that habit not because we love the habit or desire the habit, but for some other reason. Right. Maybe other people force you to do something or, yeah, I can see other reasons that you would tell yourself you do things. That's right. But at the end of the day for, and, and maybe there are some exceptions to this, but for the most part, our habits spring out of our loves. Mm -hmm. And there's a very interesting relationship where habits reinforce our loves and our loves are the loves that we have reinforce our habits. Right. And it's a little bit of a chicken and egg. Which one comes first? Do you start doing something and then love it? Do you love it right away? And because of that, it becomes a habit. It, it really doesn't matter. The point is to see the relationship between what you love, what you desire and the habits in your life. Yeah, so let's go back to a real common New Year's resolution is to get more exercise, for example. So we all know that it's important to exercise. It's good for your body, blah, blah, blah. We all know that. Um, why don't we do it? Well, maybe it's because we love our, comf our comfort and relaxation more. We would rather do that mm -hmm. because that's what we love, even though we know the habit of exercise is a good thing. We're in the habit of relaxing because it's, it's sure. wonderful. <laughs> I like to relax. Yeah, me too. So, um, so it's just as the as God's word tells us that everything flows out of the heart. Everything that we do on the surface is dictated by a heart love and a desire. So, if we want to have a big life change, if we want to make these positive changes, we really have to dig down to the heart level. We do, and and that brings up the question of how do we have our hearts changed? And to tie it to our spiritual lives as Christians, let's just say a person says, "I want to start reading the Bible." Uh, you know, it's something, I mean, that's got to be for Christians, that's got to be a top three resolution that people make every year. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to read the Bible more. Maybe I want to read through the entire Bible for the first time in my life. Maybe I just want to read a little bit of scripture every day for the first time in my life. Well, if you say, 
I will start doing that when I just love the Bible and I just wake up, oh, I got, I got to read the Bible. Guess what? It's almost guaranteed not to become a habit in your life. That's right. But if you say, I'm going to commit to doing this, I'm, I'm also going to pray about it. I'm going to recognize that I need God's help. Maybe I even need some a help from a loved one, a spouse, somebody else in my life. Well, and then you start doing it. You know what you're going to find? You are enjoying it more and more as you do it, as the habit is developed. Yeah, I think our most common approach to New Year's resolutions is this, just do it, just make it happen. You know, Mm -hmm. you get this real, like, get out all your grit and, you know, change yourself. Um, But again, if your desires are the same, if, you know, what you're doing instead of reading the word, if you desire that more, your changes won't last. Or if you take your diet, if you want to have a healthier diet, um, like, let's just take me, for example. I exercise a ton. My diet really isn't that great. I could make a lot of changes. Um, that would be good. But again, if my if my desire is just for sugar and chocolate and other things, um, then I'm not, I'm not ever going to move to the healthy diet. Maybe you make some good changes for a while, but again, if the, if the underlying desire is unchanged, it's going to be hard for those uh, changes to stick. So I think the question is really, how do we change our desires? And as you were saying, Josh, I think you change your desires by feeding the healthy desires that you want to have. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's a complex question. How do we change our desires? Right. And I don't think there's an easy answer to it per se, but I do think that the more you practice the desire that you want to have, the more that that truly will become something that you delight in doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too, as I was thinking about it, it's helpful to replace one thing with another. Like I said, feeding the healthy the, the, the desire that you want to have. Like, for example, maybe you're trying in 2019, maybe you say, I want to reduce the amount of time that I spend on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So then maybe a help a helpful thing to do would be think about the time that you usually use Instagram and Facebook that you want to cut out. And instead of just saying, well, I'm not going to do that then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe you replace it with something else, a more um, efficient way to use your time or, you know, saying... At that time, when I usually sit down with my phone and look at Instagram, I'm going to go and you know finish a chore that I've been putting off or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you're bringing up a very important principle that I actually believe is part of how God made us. You said uh, something like, you know, it's good to replace one thing with another. I would say we actually have to replace one mm-hmm. thing with another. Mm-hmm. As human beings, we are incapable of not desiring something and and not having many desires. So the only thing that we have the ability to control is what we desire to a degree. Of course, God's at work in our hearts there as well. But we can't say, well, I'm just not going to desire this thing over here anymore and just sort of leave a void Hmm. because that won't work. Hmm. You have to bring in something else. You have to redirect the heart to a new target because the heart has to go to a target. Hmm. We have to love... So, you know, if whether it's a diet or exercise or a spiritual discipline, if you leave a void, the void will be filled by the desire that we've had most recently. And, and by our, again, we go to our default. Right. You know, I, I so often when I look around and I see people on their phones and I think about myself, 
And now Apple has that that stuff where it tells you your phone usage. Oh, Isn't that crazy? That's it's horrible. Like, Good night. Yeah. I dread getting that notification. I think mine comes on Sundays, and I'm like, oh no, yeah, average screen time. Talk about looking <laughs> in the mirror. And where did this come from? Why? It's funny because you know there's so many more and more apps, more and more ways that you can use your phone, but then they're like, don't use it. Don't I do know. it. Well, I, it's interesting. I th- I think maybe the technology providers are are trying to help us a little bit like we can't ruin a, we can't ruin everyone yeah you know we, we've this is getting a little out of hand but I think about my own phone usage you know it's just so easy I think it's right. like it's like water will go to the lowest point no matter mm-hmm. what that is what using our phones is and that's why for me bets one of my resolutions for 2019 is God before phone mm, love it to start on my day God before phone mm-hmm. in the morning yep it's it's actually very hard for me Mm-hmm. Because man, that phone is calling. It's right there, and often you know we we use it as an alarm clock, or you get up and you check your email right away, or whatever, and then it's just in front of your face, and then it's easy to go to other things instead. Yeah, I mean, eventually our phones will do everything for us. They'll right. tell us, "Good job, you look good today. <laughs> <laughs> Have confidence. <laughs> You're a winner." <laughs> I mean, they are so ubiquitous in That's our right. life, right, Bets? Yeah. Well, another thing I thought about as we think about um, changing desires and trying to form new habits is, and you mentioned you mentioned this earlier, Josh, but to set up some kind of system of accountability, because if it's just something in your head that you want to change, obviously we need to be prayerful, and that's the most important thing. But also the next best thing is to tell someone, tell a friend, you know, say, meet me at the gym, start a Bible reading plan together, et, et cetera, et cetera. Just mm-hmm. to, if you vocalize and if you tell someone else, I think you're more likely to keep heading in the right direction. Absolutely. We need accountability. We need God's grace. And of course, we need to recognize that if we try to put a Band-Aid on a bad sickness, it's not going to cure the sickness. We've got to address the root problem, which is the heart. Right. Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we need to just take moments, even in the beginning of this year, a fresh new year, take some moments to consider what's truly important and who you want to be and what steps you want to take in this year to get where you want to be. Josh and I, were we were talking last night about how easy it is just for life to happen to you mm-hmm. and you react to whatever the day holds rather yeah. than you know setting a vision and having... Um, Trying to get there proactively, it's just easy to, you know, just keep hitting the balls that are thrown at you rather than um, setting out with clear goals and intention. It's incredibly difficult to live intentionally Mm -hmm. instead of living reactively. Mm -hmm. And that is a great goal to have in your life as you think about the time God's given you, the money God's given you, the talents God's given you. How can I live intentionally and not reactively? That's right. And we believe that if you put these principles in, to your life, by God's grace, you can turn your resolutions into results. That's right. right. Yeah. So you mentioned, Josh, that your one of your New Year's resolutions is God before phone. Do you have any other ones? Um, some basic exercise ones. Nothing, oh yeah, nothing crazy. Well, I can help you. you. Know, bench I will kick pounds, your butt if you come stuff. to my if you come to my class. I'm, I will I'm kick not, your I'm butt. I'm not going there. I'm not coming to your class. <laughs> um, my New Year's resolution is listen to more podcasts. Just kidding. That oh. was a joke. <laughs> You sure? Yeah. Why not? Um, 
Yeah. So guys, thanks for listening today. We, we did want to say um, thanks to our faithful listeners. We are now over 2000 downloads Woo-hoo. for Intersect Podcast. So that's pretty cool. So some of you have been listening to podcasts for years. You're really familiar with this scene and we appreciate you. And we know that some of our listeners are new to the world of podcasts. So um, for our newer listeners, it's, it's probably easiest to go to our website. It's uh, www.anyprez.com slash podcasts. There you can listen to older episodes and you can subscribe through email. We'll send you an email every time we publish a new episode. That's a real easy way to subscribe. Uh, If you are subscribing through iTunes, we sure appreciate that. If you would leave us a rating and a review on our Intersect page on that Apple Podcast app, that would be great. That really helps us to increase our visibility. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're enjoying all these episodes, would you just tell a friend to subscribe and maybe show them how if they aren't familiar with that? That would be great. And as I said earlier, you can link to our show notes for this episode on our website. Again, anyprez.com slash podcasts. Yeah, you can find all the show notes for past episodes. Online Shopping, The Cost of Discipleship has some great show notes to check out as well. Yes. So once again, thanks for listening and have a great 2019. Happy New Year.